you may have noticed a lot of things happening in the sort of crypto space. And I know it's just a broad definition, but Bitcoin, crypto, all of that stuff, I think too often gets meshed. I'm going to clear some of that up today. And I've asked our go-to guy, Joey Temprilli. He's the Canadian Bitcoiner. They have a podcast. It's terrific. But dealing with this kind of issue, Joey, I appreciate you finding time for us. First of all, it is much appreciated. But man, when I see the SEC filing against Coinbase, when I see them filing against Binance, after a lot of warnings about that, by the way, I know that a lot of people, first of all, confuse it with what's that mean for Bitcoin? Yeah, it's interesting. Thanks for, for having me, Mike. I'm happy to report that I'm taking a break from staging my home for sale for your listeners who have gone through this process. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in the... Uh, I'm in the fake fruit is on the counter stage. So I, I got to be pretty close to done, I'm pretty sure. But uh, yeah, Mike, to your point, man, tons going on in, uh, in crypto. The SEC obviously on a bit of a rampage. Uh, Gary, and, Gary and friends there uh, doing what they can to, I think, send shockwaves through the crypto space. And I'm happy to uh, talk to you and your listeners about that today. Well, I've always been, uh, you know, my reluctance has been my, it's really interesting, uh, like a lot of the attraction for people involved in, in Bitcoin, for example, and these are, you know, services around it, but Bitcoin was a distrust of government, distrust of government money, you know, massive printing up of money at some point, you know, devalues it. And my reluctance has always been also a distrust of government because I didn't believe they could let this stuff go unregulated. They want their hands in everything and it doesn't matter where we are. And sometimes for very good reason, although they blew it with FTX, but you know they should have been in there. So, I mean, it's all in that melange. So maybe just start, I want to start with something very straightforward. Is Bitcoin like other cryptos? Is it like Coinbase? Does it have implications for Bitcoin? It. It doesn't really, and we're seeing that in the price of Bitcoin in the last few days. Mm -hmm. I think we're we're in the middle. We're recording on Friday the twenty third. There's you know a, another thousand dollar day in Bitcoin right now. So you got three of these monster green candles in a row. You know, Mike, maybe maybe the best place to start. You know, as far as distrust in government and the Coinbase suit, let's let's back up two weeks or so ago. So or even even further potentially. So I think the last time you and I spoke was a little bit before the SEC issued a Wells notice to Coinbase, uh, the, mm -hmm. the warning that a suit is coming down the pipeline. Okay. So what does Coinbase do? Well, what they do is they get online and there's a, you know, a number of Twitter spaces and tweets, you know, it seems like from the hip of the CEO, Brian Armstrong, uh, talking about how they've asked for clarity. They're not getting it, blah, blah, blah. We've met with the SEC many times in the past year. Okay, so that's fine. Two weeks ago or so, the suit hits. And what does it allege? Um, in the Coinbase case, we can talk about Binance separately, but in, in the case of Coinbase, it alleges basically two things. You're trading on registered securities. Okay, we've heard this before. And that the staking service, this idea that you can park a little bit of your uh, token al uh, allocation with Coinbase and earn a yield is also a security. Okay, great. And some, some say, Mike, that, you know, in defense of Coinbase, they're publicly traded. This was a company that went, you know, went to market, I think, two years ago or so during a, a much ballyhooed IPO. And these sort of people who want to go to Coinbase's defense will say, look, they were allowed to go public. The SEC looked at their books. They looked at their filing. And I would just point out that the S1 filing that Coinbase you know, put through the process actually noted that if they are trafficking securities, it's a, it's a significant risk to their business and their bottom line. So it's not like Coinbase didn't know. What they didn't know is when they were going to be told. And, you know, Armstrong, the CEO, he's, he's been on the offensive for the last two weeks, but I, I want to point to one particular piece of media that he did with the Wall Street Journal, a sit-down interview where, Mike, I, I have to be honest, I haven't seen pitches this soft since I was playing slow pitch as a kid, and he still had problems with some of the questions. Um, the, the interviewer from, from WSJ asked him, you know, 
Coinbase has this venture investing arm of the business. Can you confidently tell me that Coinbase is not investing in tokens and then and then telling them to list on the platform or even vice versa? Are you are you listing on the platform and then investing in the tokens? He choked on that question. I think that's something you got to be prepared to answer, uh, especially during this time. And, you know, as far as this lack of clarity in the meetings he had with the SEC, the interviewer also, you know, sort of stumbled into this other question about Bitcoin. And Armstrong answered that about a year ago, the quote unquote tone of the SEC's responses to him shifted to everything except Bitcoin as a security. And so when I hear that, what do I, what do I hear? I hear that Armstrong did in fact have the clarity he was looking for and Coinbase did in fact know that Bitcoin was different than the rest of the stuff they were trafficking. Now, I just want to say that I'm not defending the SEC. I'm not defending Coinbase. I think everyone here comes out, you know, smelling like turds, to be honest with you, Mike, if I could use mm-hmm. the French word. But, uh, you know, Gensler's SEC is taking this angle that they are the sort of protector of retail investors. And this is important to protect retail investors. Uh, you know, Mike, it, is Gensler and the SEC, I don't want to say Gensler specifically because the SEC has been, you know, dropping the yeah. ball for a long time. But is Gensler's SEC protecting investors when U.S. politicians their brothers, sisters, mechanics, priests, uh, you know, the guy you stopped next to at the red light, the guy you asked for a cigarette at the bar a couple of nights ago, when they're all trading on insider knowledge against the public, is the SEC protecting them? The answer is no. Uh, up until the pandemic, I don't remember exactly when, but I believe Federal Reserve Chairman Powell and his colleagues at the Federal Reserve were also able to trade, even if they were trading under yep. blind trust. And I don't believe this blind trust thing. I, I find it difficult to imagine that suddenly, you know, to use a Cheech and Chong reference for your listeners, Powell and friends are doing their best Mr. Chitlin impression when it's time to decide what, whether to buy or sell based on the information they have about policy, uh, rate, rate policy, for example. Uh, companies like Nikola were allowed to go public, Mike. Famously, they used yeah. a pusher in a promotional video and had a car you know, plugged into a separate power source when they should have been using their own battery at, an, at another uh, time. You know, We've talked about tech IPOs. I've heard you, you've talked about that over the years. Mm-hmm. GameStop saga in the last uh, few years. Robinhood, you know, giving options, naked options exposure to retail after a few click-through prompts. Um, famously, you know, on a somber note, Robinhood had to answer publicly for the suicide of a young man in the United States when those options became available to their retail clients. In terms of crypto, Mike, you know, when the U.S. government says they're protecting people, what they're really doing with stuff like this is pushing business overseas. Now, Coinbase, for all its flaws, unregistered securities or not, okay, Coinbase is playing ball with KYC AML laws. They're playing ball with the banking system. They're even letting chain analytics companies look into their data to try and pin down where certain funds are going, where they're coming from, where mm-hmm. certain tokens are going, where they're coming from. None of the overseas client, you know, customers, uh, or I should say companies are doing this. Now, even worse, Mike, if I can continue rolling downhill here for just yeah. a second. In the last month or so, you know, the question has to be asked, who does the SEC like if they don't like Coinbase? Who are they giving favored treatment to if not Coinbase? Well, I have the answer for you. It's a company called Promethean who had their founder in front of Congress in the month of June. You've never heard of this company. Almost none of us had before this story started to drop a few weeks ago. The founder of a company called the Wang Shang Company, X-I-A-N-G, I believe is the uh, company. This is the, the umbrella corporation and sort of adjacent firm that did a huge buy of the token sale of this company, Promethean, back in the day. Mike, the, the founder of this Wang Xiang group was posthumously named a National Excellent Communist Party member in 2021. Now, if that wasn't enough, and I can see that you're sitting down, I would tell you to sit down. Maybe I'll tell your listeners to sit down. The founder 
uh, claims that their license, this special purpose broker dealer license that's available in the States lets them trade securities. This actually isn't true. It won't allow you to trade layer ones the way that Coinbase was. Something like Ethereum, for example, would be a, you know, a good uh, exemplar of that. On another interesting note, when companies seek investors, Mike, they often use what's called a, um, a, a placement agent. But this isn't the case for venture. And so Promethean used a placement agent, a bank. The bank they use is called Network One Financial Securities. Mike, on the record of Network One Financial Securities, again, this is who the SEC is parading out, this company Promethean, as someone who came under their umbrella and was regulated voluntarily. On the record of the agent that these guys used during their uh, funding uh, period, 18 regulatory events, one civil event, one civil event, four arbitrations, and also, Mike, they do a ton of business in China as well, so some affiliation there. The Promethean C-suite, you know, C-suite staff, they're probably not called staff, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. They're lawyers full-time. Two of them received their legal accreditations from institutions that have since had that accreditation revoked, okay? (laughs) And during the hearing, uh, you know, in in front of U.S. Congress, there was a moment Almost like the Manchurian candidate. I don't know how else to describe this. This is how it's being described in the space. The, the congresswoman asking the questions of the founder is reading from a card, and the founder is reading his questions also from a card. This sort of total ventriloquism moment, right? Mm-hmm. Who is really talking here and why? And so this is who the SEC is putting out there as a competent company. Now, you know me. Your listeners know me, and people listen to my show know me. I don't, I don't care for any of these tokens, nor do I particularly care for Coinbase. But to say that this was a fair shake for that company – there's, there's something, uh, something afoul here between the U.S. government, Coinbase, the SEC, and potentially also re- other regulators as well. Very strange all around. Well, I mean, first of all, that's a great explanation. And what keeps coming back to me is how much money uh, FTX, for example, had in the political system in the U.S. And, you know, and influenced, I think, the approach until it collapsed. I mean, where were these people? All of them. They were supporting it. They were part of it, never checking into it. And and that list that you've just given us puts a lot more meat on that bone. And your point's very well taken. Uh, and again, though, I, I worry that that I mean, I, I don't care whatever people do investment wise, but I, I want to make sure they understand that that's not necessary reflection on Bitcoin that don't confuse the two. Because you, as you know, well, know. I mean, this kind of sphere came into the public realm, you know, the broad public consciousness, maybe three years ago. So there's still a lot of confusion and there's been so many problems, uh, you know, led by FTX. But uh, and again, these are the latest ones. And so I, I think we have to continue to make that distinction here. Plus, well, how many how many cryptocurrencies were there at one point? Like 7,000 or something? I remember, you know. There's, there's, there's been so many, Mike. And, yeah. and you know, you're, you're correct in pointing out that there is a clear difference between Bitcoin and the others. The, the energy link through mining is very critical. And, mm. you know, there's, there's a, a saying that I will for sure get wrong, but – you know, when the attacks really start coming fast and furious on things like Bitcoin uses too much energy, yes. uh, Bitcoin is, is causing problems for the third world, Bitcoin is, you know, boiling oceans, you know, you're, you really know you're over the target there, right? This link mm-hmm. to the, the energy world and, and actual proof of work, as it's uh, referred to in the space, is critical to making sure that we don't get scams like we saw in FTX. These flywheel ecosystems where companies are basically printing up tokens to add to their valuation, then using the valuation to take loans, then using the loans to buy more tokens, then keeping the tokens on their books, et cetera, et cetera. In FTX's case, you know, as we discussed before, FTX was forcing uh, companies in which it was investing to hold its FTT token as part of the deal. And so you're yeah. setting an artificial price floor there, right? This is all, this is, this is all it's not new. 
but it's also uh, not quite forgotten from you know these oh, older, yeah. these older ICO periods, 2017, 18. This is going on for a long time. And you know, it's funny that one of the things I hear a lot about the difference between Bitcoin and crypto, and this is you know specific to the recent SEC action against uh, Coinbase and Binance, which we can get into if you like. But the thing I would say, you know, to these people who are quick to point out on Twitter that we're all in the same boat now, we have to put aside our differences and work against the SEC. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, my friends, um, the SEC is not coming for Bitcoin at the moment. They may at some point in the future, but they're very clearly not now. And, you know, Mike, you know this all too well, the sort of, um, you know, I like to call them flauntrepreneurs instead of entrepreneurs parading around in the latest Gucci and, and Louis Vuitton yeah. stuff and their token takes off. I, I don't support these things. I don't think people who support Bitcoin should support them either. And, you know, it's it's yet another example of this cheap money environment that we were in for so long where the risks were abundant, uh, not just in crypto, but in oh, tech yeah. and in God knows how many other domains and silos. And so we're still seeing some remnants of that, you know, a year later, two years later, even though rates have gone up basically around the world. Um, expect to see more flushing out. I think it's safe to say that Bitcoin will be fine. Like I said, we're on a couple of updates in a row here. There's only a certain amount of Bitcoin out there. There will only ever be 21 million total minted. And Bitcoiners feel safe in that. You know, we are unaffected, as we like to say. Yeah. Uh, but an important distinction. Uh, what does it mean for people, though, looking at, uh, do you just say, stay away from Coinbase right now, stay away from Binance, you know? Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to say, Mike. You know, Binance, yeah. Binance is in a whole other world of hurt, right? Gensler yeah. uh, has done a, I think, outstanding job confusing the uneducated investing public by talking about Binance publicly and, and making reference to their CEO and yep. just pe just just peppering in a mention of Coinbase here and there, peppering in a mention of Brian Armstrong, peppering in a mention of securities uh, violations. Binance is in a, a whole different you know pot of soup. Binance is commingling funds, a la FTX. Uh, Binance has its own token, which represents. Last I checked, officially, this is not you know verifiable, unfortunately, but their official number is about ninety eight percent of the CEO's uh, net worth, and probably something like that for the exchange as well. Uh, Binance also running uh, different different bucket shops trading against its own clients under the guise of market making. Yep. This is a whole different beast, right? And they're, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul as far as the sort of porous styrofoam wall between, F or between um, Binance US and Binance International. And so all these things together, this is a, a different thing. I, I would recommend people stay away from Binance no matter what. That's a casino. I mean, you shouldn't yep. expect Binance to be there when you log in the next morning. Uh, you know, expect it to be taken down or seized, get that government. What is that? That FBI seized by the uh, authorities uh, banner. Coinbase... You know, Coinbase, and I'll probably catch a little bit of ire from my listeners for this, but Coinbase to me is is fighting a fight that needs to be decided one way or the other. And I don't want the government in the United States to just be able to roll over people. They're, they're, they're so quick, Mike, to target smaller firms without, you know, swaths of lawyers, swaths of um, – securities experts, et cetera. And then what they do is they basically use that precedent to go after the monsters to say, look, well, we got these little guys and they're trying to do this with Coinbase too. Don't, don't get me wrong. We got these little guys. Now we're going to take this precedent up the chain and Coinbase to their credit is refusing to stop the staking services, refusing to stop selling some of the tokens. And I hope the battle is decided in a fair way. Again, personally, not investment advice from me as it is not from you. I, I only buy Bitcoin. That's my preferred vehicle for exposure to that whole ecosystem. And, you know, as you know, Mike, as debasement continues, um, you know, it's, it's just going to continue to cause problems for people who hold dollars. And actually, I heard a great joke. I'll tell you now. Uh, if uh, Justin Trudeau had, you know, two suitcases of cash, where would he keep them? 
you keep them in the basement. And that's exactly what we're seeing as Canadians, right? Every month, every year, the dollar is less and less valuable. So Bitcoin for me is a, a good way to hedge against that. And that's the rationale, you know, it's, it's to protect in that way, the purchasing power, et cetera. Let me give you another event that happened this week that was a bit of a jaw dropper for me, because of course the public's influence when big names talk about this, that, or the next thing, of course, but BlackRock's Larry Fink has been a huge critic of, of Bitcoin. I mean, forget the rest of the stuff, forget, you know, the crypto, uh, the crypto world, the Coinbase, the Binance, any of that stuff. No, he's been a huge critic of Bitcoin. So I got to tell you, when I find out that BlackRock once has filed, has filed to do an ETF on spot Bitcoin. I mean, come on. I'm not sure. Did that surprise you? Because I didn't see that coming. It's hard to say what Fink and his, you know, colleagues, his peers and other uh, hedge funds, investment houses, et cetera, are thinking at the moment. It seems to me like there's a clear, what's the best way to describe this? There's a clear move in traditional finance to find a way to capitalize on crypto and Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And so what we've seen now is the SEC really cracked down on everything that's not Bitcoin. So if you're Larry Fink, you know, as much as Larry and I maybe wouldn't get along and I, I might not share a pint with the, with the fellow anytime soon, uh, even if I had the chance, I do appreciate that it seems to me that he's found a way to get his clients exposure to the price of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually, I like this for a couple of reasons, Mike. One, I think that if you look at the people who are buying ETFs and using investment vehicles like that, it, there's, there's like a, there's a, a, a sort of a, a bimodal distribution, right? It's people who are inexperienced, just starting yep. investing. And it's people who are, I think, you know, a little longer in the tooth, let's say, and don't want the risk or the, the hassle of picking uh, certain companies or, or certain indexes yep. or whatever. They prefer to buy the market. Okay, fine. So I, I like this because I think that second, that second point on the graph, the older folks, you know, Mike, if you're on fixed income, how are you feeling about the last year or two yeah. years, the way your dollar, you're not feeling great. And you're probably seeing a lot and hearing a lot, maybe from your grandkids, maybe from the kid who cuts your lawn, maybe from the guy at the grocery store, maybe from guys at the gym and the locker room, who knows? You're probably hearing a lot about Bitcoin now in a way that you weren't before. And so think, you know, for all his shortcomings, there's no doubt about the guy's business chops. And, and, and if, yeah. if he sees an opportunity to make money on a little bit of a fee and bring people in, He's happy to do it. And I personally think that um, this is going to be a top of the funnel moment. There'll be an opportunity here for people who wouldn't otherwise know about Bitcoin to not only get exposure to the price, but also to the ethos and maybe think about holding it in their own hardware wallet. Thinking about, think about how to, how to, how to view economic data, how to view economic reporting. You know, why is the government telling me that uh, Ukraine is the cause of inflation when clearly it's this, et cetera, et cetera. These are uh, light bulb moments for a lot of people. And I'm excited to bring in what's typically been a pretty tough to reach demographic for the Bitcoin space. Well, and, you know, it's obviously a tacit endorsement. Uh, people are worried about the future of, of Bitcoin, et cetera. And I just thought it was noteworthy. And I'm not sure how many people had heard that uh, BlackRock had filed for this ETF. But I think it's, it is an endorsement. I think you're absolutely right. It's going to open the door for a lot more people to get involved. One, they'll trust BlackRock. You know, I mean, whatever, they'll certainly feel more, uh, you know, it's a brand, a big brand name. So Pesto, you're there. And I think it might be the beginning of other majors uh, getting involved. And so, I mean, obviously, it's an evolving space as we continue to talk about, but it's an evolving uh, space, which is why people should listen to the Canadian Bitcoiner. 
and uh, listen to Joey. Joey, as always, I really appreciate you finding time. Great stuff as usual. Mike, it's a pleasure. I'll be uh, heading out to Home Depot here shortly. I appreciate you giving me a uh, break, my friend. (laughs) Okay. Good luck. Good luck with the house.